What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Uh, hello and welcome to another Dropped Kickoff podcast. It's very exciting. We are on Rugby World Cup week, which is amazing. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Can't wait. Unfortunately, my Saturday night's booked. It's all right. Stan is now on your phone and you can watch whenever you want. But more importantly, more important than my enjoyment on a Saturday night, can't think of many other things, is Nathan Williamson, who, who's in France. Bonsoir. Oui, oui. Uh, Monsieur Williamson. And and we also got Nick. Hey, très bien. Uh, we're also <laughs> here with uh, Nick Basilio, who's in Newcastle. Uh, no one really cares about Newcastle. Anyway, look, I'm I'm sitting here drinking my wine to try and and, and fit with the theme, but uh, you know, look, yeah. it was interesting just chatting with Nathan about about flight over over last week, so. It's, it's at least we can take some some joy out of the fact that hey you can you can now drink your sorrows away in France. There's there's the positive. This is true. This is true. I mean there are there are worse places than than Lyon. I'll tell you that for for, for free. Uh, it's you know Newcastle. basically summer over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I'm not sure where where I'd rather be. Sydney or Newcastle. You know what I've heard? I've heard that New, that uh, Newcastle is the Saint Etienne of Australia. Uh, it's that's what yeah. I've heard. So it's, uh, it's that close was to. That was genuine. It's hundred percent. Ask, ask a couple of people they're actually staying in San Diego what they think of it. Apparently, you've got to find the, the right place to go out, but um, and certain, certain hotels are probably, probably off limits. Um, but there's actually a lot of similarities between Newcastle as well with it. Like it's and anyone going down for the World Cup, it's gonna it's an unreal sort of place to visit and all the heritage. So it's gonna be so, uh, just an unreal tournament. Let's just crack on. Um, I actually Nathan, I want to start somewhere. I want to start somewhere that no one's ever started before. That would be the French game. Do you have anything to say about that French game? I mean, it was always going to be an uphill battle, but there was there was positives there. One thing I did like about the performance, I think the scrum was a lot better than has been in the past. Getting um, Bell and Chipo through, I think, 65 minutes plus eight. But yeah, this French touch is unreal. I just found found a moment where, you know, maybe controversial yellow card in Vinavalu, who probably played his best game, and then just torched us. So and it was, I think, still a step in the right direction, but the time for steps are over. We now need results. Yeah, I, I love a result, me. Um, Nick, quickly, do you have anything to say? Did you watch this game? Scrum was good. Vunavali was good. Move on. Cool. Um, uh, and quickly again, like so the the Barbarians, uh, that's more or less Australia's A team. Um, Nathan, did you get to watch this game at all? They played against Northampton. I did. Um, a very promising for, um, outing for the Australia A's. Sorry, Barbarians. Um Tom Wright was great. There's a try of scores where Longan puts a little kick over the top, regathers, steps the fullback and just sprints away. I think it you know, made a couple of mistakes, a couple of loose mistakes, but it's the Barbarians. Like That's that's essentially in their DNA, up there with the midweek drinking and just flair coming out of there, coming out of every, every oracle. Um, I think um, Nick Spoy, Lucky Swin, had a good game as well. But yeah, just a sign that we have, if something does go wrong, we have a whole like whole bunch of top flight rugby and not only that playing at a pretty high standard as well yeah that that's that's awesome good to hear yeah i saw that tom right try yeah he he looks 
he was looking good, but it's it's about the consistency not not looking good. Um, Quickly shout out just on this game. Should we shout out the uh, the bullying? There was some some brutal bu- barbarian bullying on Hunter Paisami, um, who had to take a conversion against Northampton. Oh, yeah. and at this point, it was clear that Northampton were not going to win the game. So they kind of just stood in the corner. So all the barbarians who had basically rushed up over the try line to celebrate actually attempted to charge Hunter Paisami's conversion down. So they attempted to charge down their own try. Um, Harry Wilson a- nearly got it as well. And they nearly got it. Harry Wilson right. came close. It was it was very close. And I thought, just beautiful. Lovely bit of bullying there. I'm happy. I approve. I guess that's really, really get down. Oh, actually, no, before we start, actually, before we start, let's talk about Australia-Georgia. Um, so, Nathan, you said things against France becoming, um, come looking a bit better. As um, Ronan O'Gara might say, the opportunity a fucking a norm. Uh, do you agree? Uh, what are we looking like going into this game? Look, I think it's, I'm not going to sort of find the fact that we've had five pretty plenty into this. I mean, Argentina, we should have won, but you can South Africa, New Zealand, and France are, you know, three of the top teams in the world. This is a this is a game which we should be winning comfortably. Like, if we want to be any sort of hope at this World Cup or have any belief, you need not only a good performance, but a comfortable winning performance. So these guys know how to win at the top level, know how to close out a game against a Georgian team, which, yeah, is improving. But, you know, they're 33 to 6 defeat to Scotland shows that there's still that gap between those teams, legitimate tier one team, rather than your, your Wales and Italy's of the world. You know, everyone talks about the forward battle, but I think it's going to be about probably stopping a guy like him. David Ninashvili at the back? Well, I don't know because it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. I think I, I, I first of all agree with Nathan that, that normally in traditional times we are favourite, we would be favourites to win this game, but these are not normal times because Tier 2 nations are now beating Tier 1 nations, quote-unquote Tier 2 nations, I think I should say now, left, right and centre. And let's not forget that even though they got flogged by Scotland, Georgia beat Wales last year and I think also beat Italy. So there is plenty... Uh, there is plenty there to suggest that they have the capability to pull another big scalp or, or or no, or not. But my my point is is that I've just been listening obsessively to what Eddie Jones has been talking about and listening about and speaking on. And of course, it's all smoke and mirrors with Eddie. That's just how it is. But it was there was an interesting point made by Taniela Tupo after the France game where we talked about, oh, yeah, well, all the stuff that we've actually been planning for is actually not what we're going to bring to the World Cup games. So, which suggests, like, so basically that, oh, yes, we've been doing all, running all of these strategies and running all of these things, but this is what we're going to try, but that we're not actually going to implement any of this at the World Cup, which basically questions is, well, what exactly are, are the, the, I have many questions as a result of this. What are they actually going to bring to this World Cup to win the game, uh, to win games and actually get results? Um and two, well, if that was the case that we were implementing all those strategies, I mean, obviously you need to come up with some sort of strategy to try and win those five games. But where do where do all of those tactics and things come in uh, that they've obviously been trialling over those last couple of games? That's kind of – so weirdly, I feel like we're going into this match with a real question mark because, I mean, we, we're fully aware of – of what's the strength that that, will, that that this Georgian side will come up with. But I also think we're not totally aware of what this Australian side will bring. I think there's smoke and mirrors in what Tammy Allen said. Do you know what the sort of plan's going to be towards that back end of the French game? You know, it'll it's sort of the elements been coming together. You look at South Africa, and 
having guys like um, Nwanga Ndwaze on the wing, Kelway, who's better in the air than people realise, targeting people like those. So I think you're going to find it's, I think, positional, positionless rugby is what Squidge called it. I think that's the best way to describe it. Kind of building off those foundations Rennie created with, you know, wanting 1 to 15 to be able to pass and catch and play whatever position and kind of expanding that to use the weapons of, you know, of Mark in the air. And Geordie. We'll throw Geordie in there as well. Ability to break a line. Like, I think that's going to be the first time that we probably get to see it sort of flourish and, you know, hopefully dominate the game. Um, yeah, so actually, do we do we want to talk about the Squidge video um, at all? Um, I, I guess uh, for those who haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, Squidge is a YouTuber and he's he's done a, like a tactical breakdown of what Eddie Jones is trying to do. Squidge, like me, and I think I was first here, is on the Eddie Jones train. Uh, and and I, I guess to sum up, maybe Nathan, you can you can fix me here if I'm incorrect, but to sum up, he was just saying that Eddie Jones is going away from like formational rugby and uh, to the point where, where forwards and backs are interchangeable in attacking phases. Nick, it was good to see Squidge finally cover the us. Um, I think my understanding is he keeps getting copyright striked by uh, Super Rugby. But isn't it good to see him? Yeah, well, I I think it was interesting off off the back of kind of this video that the ideas of, of Eddie just kind of creating an interchangeable, ever-changing rugby plan is, I mean, it is it does feel like the next logical step from from the established structures that are currently actively in play. But it also, I think, is is highly it's a high risk, high reward sort of situation or style style of rugby. Um, and whether that he's his, his approach and method to um, with this Wallaby side can, can, to actually pull it off in the period of time that he has been given, I mean, who knows? We, we're about to find out. Um, but yeah, look, it, I think it's it's. I'm not surprised that uh, that uh, that it is hard to analyse this Australian side and, and look at the Australian side because they they feel like the new France. You know, like back in the day when when people would often say. You never know which Australian side's going to. You never know which French side, rather, is going to show up um, uh, to to play. It's the front, the side that suddenly comes out of nowhere and and flogs England, or then it's the side that loses fifty three to six to the All Blacks or something like that. So I feel like we've just taken that that mantra, um, not for lack of trying, but maybe for the lack of of the fact that we've just the lack of wins has really gotten to us and affected us in terms of how we mentally can pick ourselves up. And, and win games, which I think is really our Achilles heel right now. Put under, put us under pressure. We struggle. Mm. So uh, speaking of pressure, um, I'm going to make an absolutely unintelligible, non-circular segue to um, my next question, which is let's talk about Rugby World Cup predictions. Let's get into it. Let's get into it hard. Nathan, are you ready? Yes, I am ready, ready. Uh, uh, Nicholas, are you ready? Born ready. Okay, awesome. Uh, Nathan, let's look at Group A. Talk to me about Group A. Group A, it's probably one of the more clear-cut ones in paper in terms of who advances. It's just going to be a question of who gets through in second between New Zealand and France, which makes that that first game at start of France is going to be unbelievable tone setter for the rest of this World Cup. I think we'll decide who ends up topping this group. You then look at Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia below them. And Italy can cause an upset on the day, but I think it might just be a couple of years too soon for 
your likes of your Capuzos and Garbezi brothers should really kind of match it with the mud of his own in France. Mm, mm. And then, yeah, yeah Italy's, it's one of those Italy's day comes once every seven first years. Game, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Nick, do you have any thoughts? And then, then, I, and then we can go through, I guess, if New Zealand or France will go first. But Nick, do you have any thoughts? Like, I do think I am quite excited for uh, to see how Uruguay go. I mean, I think it is. It is one. This is one of the more cut and dry pools. Um, you've got your clear leaders and your clear, uh, you know, contenders. But um, I, I'm really interested for that Uruguay Italy fixture. I think Uruguay is they're they're a side that has been growing all the time. They look like a, they're really their passion for the game is really starting to rub off. Um, it's a lot of they're a lot of fun, and you can see that the efforts to kind of grow. Rugby in the Americas is real—they're kind of the real one of the strongest ones that are coming through. So I, part of me actually thinks it would be kind of cool to to see how they go, and maybe they might be able to squeeze one a, a really exciting upset out of this pool. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, I don't see uh, anyone—I don't see Italy beating France and New Zealand at the moment. Um, as good as a as good as much as they have progressed, um, it is going to be a toss up between France and New Zealand. Um. Yeah. So, but 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 if you had to say uh, New Zealand or France, who'd you who'd you say? Oh, France. All right. France. Uh, even even with even with the injuries right now, and uh, and even if you know New Zealand is quick to bounce back, I mean, uh, will be quick to bounce back following that loss to the Springboks. I mean, France. If there's any time to 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 make a statement and and beat New Zealand, it's now. Like they'll. I reckon they'll be up to that match. Um, and Nathan, for you? Agreed. Um, particularly with Jordy Barrett and Gout. Apparently he's dealing with, I believe, a knee injury that quickly now out of this last game. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think think Nick Nelton, the strong start of France, is going to make an unbelievable wave of noise and it's going to be ultimately what carries him over the line. Yeah, um, in the Squidge video, he talked a lot about emotional rugby um, and it'll definitely be very emotional in France and they'll be there to carry them. I kind of think that uh, it probably be New Zealand will pick one over France because France would just have four guys out. Um, they have Intermac, their fly half, and I think they had their their fullbacks out um, or centre. Sure. Centre, um, yeah. Dante. Yeah, and you know two of their best players definitely out. Um, I think to go back to Nick's point, I think Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia they'll be very interesting. Uh, Uruguay and Namibia will definitely push Italy. Uh, it's always kind of funny you think Italy is is not that great, but at the World Cup they never really fail to disappoint, um, you know, in terms of, of beating the people below them. But it'll also be interesting, Namibia and Uruguay, they'll be a great game. Because, um, of course, whoever comes third, so we'd say likely Italy here, uh, automatically uh, qualifies for the World Cup. So it would be interesting if Uruguay and Namibia came third. Um, I don't know how uh, World Rugby would handle that. Uh, would Italy have to play qualifiers with Georgia and whatnot? Interesting, interesting. Um, yes, they would. They would have to play qualifiers would. because... If you're third place in a pool, you are automatically qualifying for the next World Cup. So if Italy finish in fourth, they have to play qualifiers. I mean, you've got Namibia with someone like Richard Hardwick as well, so they've got world quality. So, you yeah. know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, okay. Um, look, and I've just said Namibia, Namibia would beat Uruguay there. But again, like, yeah, as you said, Nick, Uruguay up and coming. Um, okay, moving on. Okay, this is uh, the big group. Uh, I think the first group's really straightforward, but all the others from here uh, are 
tenterhook. So this is South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Ponga, and Romania. And Nick, I reckon this game, this uh, this group could be one of those groups where each team a team loses once and wins twice against the other other two, or actually win one, lose one. If you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It's it's a it, it's. I think uh, can we can we agree all three of us that this is the pool of death. Pool B is the pool of death. Because I, I think I, I, I think 100%. in a positive way in terms of the teams being good, uh, but I also kind of think Group D. Yeah, I, I can agree that Group D would be difficult as well. But uh, let's let's throw this. Let's let's have it uh, when we get to the end of Pool D. Let's let's uh, come to an agreement on which one we think is more the pool of death. Um. But, yeah, in this pool, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga and Romania, um, all of them have a lot of strengths. All of them have progressed hugely over the last couple of years, especially um, since the 2019 World Cup. Of course, you've got South Africa, uh, the defending champions, um, who are coming into this game, coming into the World Cup in great form, um, having looked really, really strong uh, bar one performance at Mount Smart Stadium um, against the All Blacks this, so far this year. They've had a couple of strong years as well. Um, the transition, you know, from uh, from Rassi uh, after the, winning the World Cup in 2019 has been actually quite a solid one. Um, and they're looking really, really good. And, of course, they've got – they just literally set a new record for defeating the All Blacks. So – you would, you'd have to imagine that they would probably be in one of those top two positions. But then you have Ireland. And I think uh, I think we, when we talked predictions a little earlier this year, um, I was really thinking to myself, if, if the gods of rugby are basing this, uh, this World Cup on how the last couple of years have been, you'd have to expect some sort of either Ireland or France or both in some way, shape or form are featuring in the final. You'd have to assume that those two would probably be favourites to qualify for knockouts. But similarly to similarly to Pool A, we have a very interesting situation that we have Scotland who have on their day look amazing but can be pretty hot and cold. Um, there are some performances that they have uh, done over the last couple of, uh, you know, of months that haven't been as strong, though they have looked okay knocking over... Um, a week of France at Murrayfield, but still France. And then, of course, as mentioned earlier, putting away uh, putting away Georgia in convincing fashion. But they'll be coming up against a team like Tonga. Now, Tonga is I'm really excited to watch because, of course, with these new eligibility laws, um, this is going to be a supercharged, revamped Tonga um, with so many fantastic players, not the least of which uh, a certain Adam Coleman. Um, who is also who, who is now eligible and has been uh, announced and selected in that squad? I think they can do some serious giant killing right here. Tonga can. I reckon they have it in them to knock off Scotland. Um, I definitely think they'll have it in them to knock off Romania. Um, despite the fact that I think, uh, which we'll get to in a sec, Romania is a really strong team, um, especially in their forward pack. They're, they're one of the really exciting up and comers out of Europe. Um, similar on a similar level to the, the likes of Uruguay and South America, or Georgia for that matter. But I'm really excited to watch Tonga. I reckon Tonga are kind of the surprise package of Pool B, um, and you know maybe they could. They, I don't necessarily see them beating Ireland or South Africa, but I definitely see them putting a surprise on Scotland and Romania, and potentially getting themselves into qualification for the next World Cup. Okay, great wrap up there, Nick. Um... Uh, just before I move over to Nathan, one to five on this group. Me? Okay. Yeah. So I think 
Well, I reckon Ireland will top it. Um, as much as I do think um, South Africa um, will be one of the heavyweights and they will feature, I think they've definitely got it in them to make semis. Um, Ireland just uh, – they're looking a cut above right now. Um, they're looking really solid. Um, also, they're just good – at doing shitty things off the ball, which has been one of their, like, secret... Like abusing the ref? No, no. <laughs> um, just, like, small little off-the-ball things that the ref can't exactly pull them up for and penalise them. But, uh, but like, just doing small things to disrupt uh, general play. I can see them... I see them topping this group. South Africa would take second, in my opinion. Um, and, and really, I... I Oh, third and fourth. That's the tough one. That is the tough one. And you know what? I'm going with my heart. Tonga will qualify for the 2027 World Cup and spring a surprise on Scotland. And I think, unfortunately, Romania will finish in fifth. Uh, okay, Nathan, um, over to you. I'm just going to pull these fixes up just for Nick, just to see if it will change his mind. Because um, I think actually a big thing, sorry, Nathan, before we get to you, a big thing will be, um, I guess, the other teams just bashing each other and and you know, blowing each other off the park. Um, so, for example, the the group before, you know, you can kind of see New Zealand being able to take it easy against Namibia and Uruguay. But in this uh, group, I don't – I think probably Romania is probably the only easiest game. Like, Romania will will, will not be a bit of toilet paper stuck in your shoe kind of game. Um, and I really mean that because the Romania are really poor. Uh, so, Ireland playing Romania first and then South Africa, Scotland – then Ireland are playing Tonga, then South Africa playing Romania, then South Africa playing Ireland on the 23rd of September. So in the middle. So it's not like when Japan beat South Africa, then had to play Scotland four days later. Meanwhile, Scotland play, yeah, South Africa first, Ireland last. South Africa play Scotland first and Ireland third. And uh, that means Ireland play South Africa middle and Ireland last. Um, Does that really impact anything for you, Nick? Um, I mean, uh, Scotland-Tonga is on the 24th of September, so uh, the second game for each? Yeah, second game for each, but also, uh, yes, yeah, so the games that I'll be particularly watching, seeing as I think three, four, and five will be kind of where the juicy stuff is really happening um, before we get to quarters. Um, those key fixtures are Scotland-Tonga on the yeah, on the 24th of September, but then also the last match of the, of the whole pool, um, Tonga versus Romania. So if we have a situation where Tonga are able to pull off a surprise against Scotland. You'd hear that, that game against South Africa that they've got in between that and Romania is going to be very interesting. So you'd hope that they don't have uh, any significant injuries or any losses, but uh, against against the box uh, when they play, because if they do, then that could impact how they go against Romania, who are a very niggly side. I, I remember watching them, you know, push Argentina all the way, and they led Argentina for most of the match uh, when they played in Bucharest. Um, so. It's going to be a very interesting, uh, it can be very interesting kind of uh, couple of games to watch. But I still stand by, I still stand by uh, my predictions. Uh, okay, Nathan. Jeez, that was a whirlwind of knowledge in about five minutes there. Um, my thoughts are, despite being in the world according to the rankings, I'm surprised how much of Dark Horse Island are to get through this World Cup. I think in the past, like there's been this, everyone talks about the fact that past the quarterfinals. They're often coming in red-hot form like they are this year. But in this sort of World Cup, the focus is on France. It's New Zealand. It's those teams kind of dominating the headlines, which I think has just allowed Ireland to sneak under the radar a little. So, and you look at that start as well. You know, South Africa having to play first up is going to be a tough game. Yes, Romania, 
So that game against Ireland is going to be huge. I think I'm going to lean towards um, Nick as well in saying the Irish get done in that game. I think it'll be close, but I think just I reckon they'll come first, South Africa second. Plus, I think Tonga will be improved. I think they're still one or two pieces away from maybe guys like Kevin Coleman, Peter Tao, Fekatoa. These guys might be a couple of years over the bridge in terms of being upset like a Scotland who we can't forget a fifth in the world for a reason. Like, they've been playing exceptionally. So I think Scotland finished third and then Tonga comfortably bet Romania to finish fourth. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Look, I'd have South Africa beating Ireland, but, um, um, you know, I've been outvoted in this instance. Now, the, the big whopper, the big cheese. Pulled Poo- cheese itself. Pulled, yeah, pulled cheese, that's right. Beef brisket. Now, Nick, this, this, is, this group has beef brisket energy, Got a bit of that, you know, that Reuben, you know, the, 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 the silver, what's it called? The silver, the silver meat, the silver beef, what's that called? Silver side. Silver side, silver side. side. It's got the silver side. It's got the, oh, whatever that beef is in the Reuben, you know, with the pickle. Mm. Yummy, yummy. Had one last week. Very delicious. Is this group delicious? Yes, it is. Um, people are naysayers. Like I said, I'm on the Eddie chain. Choo choo. I'm on the Shinkansen. It's a party town. And so I reckon Australia is going to win this group. Fiji are amazing, but Australia are better. And we play very similarly, but we're better. Um, Wales, um, look, you know, Warren Gatland's a very good coach, but they're in a pretty crap state at the moment and have been. Um, Georgia, amazing front, amazing front row, pretty good pack. Uh, amazing beards as well. I'm not sure if you've seen their profile photos. They've got like six or seven props who play in France, um, but in the first division in France, but only one back. I think their halves combination plays in France. I'm pretty sure their halves got their Yeah, but divi- first division? Find that out. Find yes. that out. I, I um, believe so. I, got... And then Portugal will just get whipped, but great team. I think Fiji will beat Wales, would probably be the biggest shock. Um, Georgia versus Fiji will be a great game. That will be. Um, an immovable object versus an unstoppable force. Uh, what do we think of this pool? This is where our lives are on the line. I mean, I, I think I disagree with you that I think Fiji uh, are going to, like, I know you, you kind of like Fiji is better. Do, are they? Uh, so Australia, Australia is better than Fiji. Are we right now? Uh, that's what I question because uh, yes, are. Fiji are looking. Fiji are looking fantastic though. 100%. They're looking. I okay. Full disclosure. I completely. I agree with you. I think Australia will top the pool. Um, we have to say that because we are an Australian podcast, um, and that is how that is how we roll. Um, but I. Uh, but if there is anyone who is going to challenge that right now, it is Fiji. Um, and I would not be surprised to see them qualify. And I think they will qualify for quarterfinals. Um, I and I think they will. Uh, and I think they will be a legitimate contender to actually try and potentially, you know, to, to potentially actually win the pool. I think they're a legitimate contender. Wales, you know, I mean, yes, they haven't been. They've not been playing well uh, under Gatland, but they there are wins there, and I think that that will be a closer game than people expect because of the nature of, of, of some of the previous fixtures and also just where the two teams are sitting right now. I mean, Gatland and Jones literally came in at a similar time and both sides have been looking similarly pretty mud um, and pretty mixed 
but yeah, it's that's a difficult one. I also see Georgia um, throwing some challenges Wales's way as well. Um, not just for the fact that they beat them last year, but obviously Georgia. This is the strongest Georgian side for a long time, and I mean, didn't they had a Georgia and literally had an under twenty side that knocked off a whole bunch of, of first tier nations a few years, uh, like literally a year or two ago. So there's talent coming through the ranks um, out in Georgia. So uh, I can see them also going and finishing in uh, in qualification for next World Cup as well. Portugal, I mean, good on them. First, is this their first World Cup? I'm pretty sure it is. Nah, second. Second World Cup. No, well, either way. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, either I don't see them. I don't see Portugal currently, even though they've got some very exciting players and a couple of really good backs who look really solid. I don't see them beating Wales, Australia, Fiji, or Georgia. I see them finishing in last. But it's going to be so much fun to watch. All right, Nathan, your turn. I have this suspicion that Fiji have already played the World Cup, the big World Cup game against England. I think that whilst, yes, the Super Rugby, like we know how to play the draw. We've, you know, even though, yes, Rowan Downs have in the past, there's a better understanding of how Fiji will attack this game and how they're going to play, which makes a lot less of a dangerous unknown than they might have been in the past. So I think we actually match up quite well with them. The Wales game concerns me because I think that's a game I can see Wales getting beat by Fiji or even in Georgia. I think that's a good history with Eddie as well, and that could be a real banana pill. So I wouldn't be surprised, as I sort of alluded to before, if Australia, Wales and Fiji are all on three wins with one loss, but I'll still say Australia top of the pool, Fiji in second, Wales third. Georgia have an unreal on the 20s team coming through, so by 27, they're going to be unbelievable. And So I reckon they run fourth, and, you know, Portugal have some good players. Um, Cesar Guedes at fullback is a really, really exciting. Yeah, they're going to finish fifth, I reckon. Yeah, so just kind of a casual reminder, we were talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but basically Spain stuffed up again and, you know, Russia got kicked out of this World Cup. So Portugal and Romania, you know, aren't necessarily the the two other best other European teams um, behind Georgia. Georgia, who are kind of in a league of their own in between Six Nations and the European Rugby Championship. Um, but, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I I do kind of agree with you. Look, this could potentially be, you know, like I was saying before, uh, between Australia, Fiji and Wales, one beats one but loses to the other. But I just kind of think that Australia is just a better team than both Fiji and Wales at the moment. Um, definitely a lot more potential. And I think we're only kind of going up. And I also do kind of believe that, yeah, also Fiji might have played their World Cup game already. But I can also see them coming out. I just don't see them beating the Wallabies. Um, so Australia, Fiji, Wales, Georgia, Portugal. We agree on that. I agree on that. Cool, cool. Thank you, Nathan. Group D. Um, Group D, which is kind of like the crab juice, crab juice pool, uh, mainly because it contains. I'm England. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Juice. Pool C. Pool C is the crab juice pool. We literally called it pool COVID a few weeks ago. Like you can't, you can't, uh, we we can't suddenly change our tune here. And that was before Fiji beat England. The best, the supposed best team in pool D. That's true. Very true. Five second, maybe third best in pool C. Yeah, you give me seven up energy. Pool D is now pool dump. I'll go for for Mountain Dew energy next one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, That's (laughs) Mountain Dew. That's it. All right. uh, um, uh, Nick's got a phrase he loves using. It's called fearless predictions. Um, I'm, I guess I'm going to borrow that phrase. 
Um, and I've already been told I was an idiot for it. And look, I'm just, I'm just kind of rephrasing it here. So what I said before is I reckon Japan will get out of this group. I will replace Japan with Samoa. So I reckon it will be Argentina, Samoa, England, Japan, and Chile. Chile, who it's FS World Cup. That's amazing. Uh, really exciting for South American rugby. So that's three South American teams, no North American teams. Uh, so you probably see um, World Rugby making adding four more teams to this next uh, time round, just so America gets included. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see Samoa um, coming second. I think Argentina are playing really well. England are playing really shit. Um, and yeah, I guess that's all. And Japan are playing, <laughs> playing like Mountain Dew. Um, so I don't, I don't know, Nathan. I guess I'll go to you first here. What are your, what are your thoughts here? I think this is the more most wide open pull out there. But I still, just still decided by that first game without Owen Farrell for the first one against Argentina. I want to say, without any confidence. Um, if they are. <laughs> Well, if he does play, there's every every chance he'll get himself sent off anyway. I wouldn't say he's more reliability on the field. He's a really good player, but he's just got those brain fights in him. And yes, he is splendid for this game. I just had a visual image of like Farrell and Lavamini just like smack, like knocking each other out, and then the ref cards them both. Just like I'm so sad. Now we will never see that. No, it's Kramer. like a magnet. I think you're thinking of Kramer. Sorry, it could Kramer. Be like, it could be a three-way. Could be a three. <laughs> Take your pick. Take your pick. Yeah. Take your pick. Let's- just like all of them going for a high ball and all of them manage to do an above over the head shot that's very <laughs> dangerous and, and all get carded, knocked out. It's like, you know, in the Matrix like Farrell, when they're fighting Farrell at the, the end and, just... and they punch yes. each other at the same time. Yeah, it's like... So... <laughs> yeah. Farrell takes the ball up. He raises the forearm so I collect both so you get the first three-way red card. Uh, anyway, anyway, Nathan, tell us, tell us your thoughts. What are you thinking here? Um, Argentina top top the pool. I still think England get through, but I don't get through convincingly. Like it, it might be one of those ones where they get through on, say, two wins, but the two wins they have are bonus points ones where they just blow out Chile and maybe Japan. I think I feel like they match up well against Japan. So I'll say England get through, but barely. Samoa third, Japan fourth, and Chile. Whilst that Chile against Argentina, two South American teams going at it. Yeah, it might be a too hard of a mission for them. So I think they finish here. The atmosphere for that game will be amazing, though. Argentina and Chile. England, Argentina is the first game, um, which is a bit disappointing that there's no kind of build up. But uh, England follow that by with playing Japan, and then play some at the end. Um, Japan, Argentina is the last game, um, and Japan have got England, uh, Chile. England, Samoa, and Argentina in a row, so that's not great for them. But yeah, um, just uh, just on this, just yeah, just yeah. one thing is is in terms of like a first weekend of World Cup games, is this the best we've ever had? Because I mean, we've got France, New Zealand, South Africa, Scotland, Wales, Fiji could be anything, Australia, Georgia could be anything, and then England, Argentina. Like this could legitimately could have been four quarterfinal. Great game in in the first weekend. Like it's this has been unreal three days of rugby coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lot better from Australia beating was it Romania or Namibia hundred nil in Adelaide. Namibia yeah, hundred forty nil. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so Nathan, what are your placements one to five, and then uh, Nick, I'll get your thoughts. Argentina first, England second, um, Samoa third, 
Japan fourth, Chile fifth. All right, um, Nick, talk to me about this pool. Well, interesting stat you mentioned, and I think I get I think this highlights the power of Super Rugby. Um, how good Samoa have been looking over the last couple of years over the with the Pacific Nations Cup. Um, and some of the players that they've also, similar to, to Tonga and Fiji, have been able to bring back. Uh, their squad looks jacked and fantastic, um, and you need no further indication of, uh, of that than some of the most of the previous games you've been watching there. But by comparison, since, uh, since they left Super Rugby, Japan have won four out of 13 test matches. Um, which really highlights, I think, the and by comparison, you've got Samoa with the Moana Pacifica um, team in there. Um, even though that Moana team hasn't been doing, hasn't been, uh, hasn't been grabbing many wins, uh, the fact that they're getting exposed to that level of intensity of rugby uh, is already rubbing off on the side. Um, and by comparison, it's clearly having an impact on Japan's results as well. So I see Samoa knocking off Japan. Um, and I also see them as a legitimate contender for England. If Fiji can beat if Fiji can beat England, Samoa can beat England because this side is so stacked with so many fantastic players. Whether they actually make it through to quarters, that is uh, too difficult. That's a t- tough question. That is a that is mm-hmm. a. T- mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think in one to five? Well, I, I do agree that Argentina tops the pool. Um, yeah. I think that that is uh, they are just clearly the best looking side right there um, at the moment. Um, so, uh, oh God, I don't know. I actually don't know. I think it's a toss up between England and Samoa for that second position, um, and whoever gets that position, the the, the losing one takes third. Um, and I think Japan just right now, wherever they're at, it's not a good place. Um, and they finish in fourth, and we'll have to go back to qualifiers. And there's going to be a thorough review of Japanese rugby. I mean, yeah, when you have a two and three, two and three. Fuck it, going with my heart. Fuck it, going Samoa. I, I, when you see, uh, take that, Nathan. Take that, Nathan. I, I, I just, I can see it happening. When wow. it's, it's such a sh- my my one just thought is why why oh why did we not give Duncan Payara a cap? Because <laughs> that boy is fantastic. Uh, he's looking, he looking so good in the centres. Um, and God, I remember his days walking around as, uh, in during in Queensland country outfits, as well as Nigel R. Wong, Danny Tawala. So many good players. Mm. God, I miss him. It's actually interesting. Someone put a stat up on Twitter of the uh, percentage of the players of each team that um, uh, are homegrown of that, that nation. Um, so someone like Argentina uh, is 100%. I think South Africa is 100%. Australia is like 90%. Um, you know, one or two players who who grew up overseas. Uh, but Samoa is one of the lowest, uh, which kind of points to the amount of Samoans in New Zealand or the Samoans who who are coming back from like Duncan Payawa coming back over there. Um, and I think did the other Fano get picked in the squad? But you know, people like him. Um, he got, he got picked in yeah. as well, so he's in too. Yeah, yeah. He gets picked and Quaid doesn't. I wonder how Quaid feels. Uh, Quaid Santini Cooper. Uh, okay, so, okay, we're quarterfinals. We've got there. So, Nathan, because you lose, uh, we're saying Argentina small, come out of Group T. 
which means the first quarter final was Australia and Samoa. Australia get through, I think. Yeah, I'd say, like, I mean, I think that, like, if it was Australia A, um, it would be a, a, another another discussion, but main Australian side, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Samoa. I think it would end there, but it would it would have been fun. It would be a red-hot clash, though, if Samoa get out of that group to play Australia in the quarters. Um, and, of course, Australia plays the second-place Group D team. Okay, so next would be Ireland and New Zealand. Ireland winning Group B and New Zealand coming second in Group A. Oh, that's tough. Oh, God. Like, it, it, taking into account recent history, you'd have to say Ireland, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because Ireland's really got the rub of the green, pardon the pun, on, um, on the All Blacks right now. And you beg the question, even though the All Blacks have looked really, really good this year up until that game uh, against the box, um, like if, if they have that that one match in them where they clearly are not performing well, that won't cut it against Ireland. You'll lose. So yeah, I agree. let's piss off some Kiwis. I agree. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> Ireland gets through beat New Zealand. Yeah, it would be a great clash. Um, really, really good clash. I just think, yeah, Ireland's got on top of them. New Zealand are playing fucking well this year, though. Uh, like you said, Nick. Um, okay, so according to our predictions, the next quarterfinal will be Argentina, Fiji. Oh, God, that's a good clash. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing clash. That's a great clash because it really would be one in the forward pack. That's a forward pack game there because I think – if Argentina can can uh, can get the hand over the the Fijian um, the Fijian backs uh, the, the Fijian forwards, then they win this game. If Fiji get it out to their backs successfully uh, and their forwards are strong enough to withstand Argentinian pressure, they're a legit shot to win this game. Um, I'm gonna go Los Pumas um, just based on form, um, but for not by much. Yeah, I mean, this is incredibly hypothetical because it is five games away as well. Yes, that's true. Uh, and a couple of telling games. Um, so, Argentina? Argentina. Yeah, I'll, uh, go, I'll go Argentina as well. Yeah, cool. It would be a very tight game. It would be a great game if it happened. And finally, France and South Africa. Now, I've... Oh, actually, I'd say South Africa in this game. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That'd be such a good quarter if this happens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It just really goes to show how hard it really goes to show how hard that side of the pool is. That side yeah. of the draw is is so yeah. hard. I, I can I can see South Africa beating France, especially if they continue to have the players that are out out. I can see that. I'll, I'll go the I'll go the host then. I think France like beat New Zealand. They've going through undefeated. It's a real kind of question in support, and it'll just be one of those ones where. You know, you have a South African team that's going to come in probably pretty battered. When you yeah. consider, you know, you're playing Tonga, Scotland, Ireland, these sort of nations. I reckon this is where France really make a statement and win this quarter. Yeah. Um. So, Nick, did you say France or South Africa? South Africa. Just for... Yeah, okay. I think Nathan swayed me there, actually. Nathan, good, good argumenting there. Now, just keep in mind, look, if South Africa and New Zealand win their quarters... It would be an all um, Southern Hemisphere semifinals, which would be hilarious. Um, As it should be. As it should be. (laughs) 
So semi-finals would be Australia and Ireland. Now, given what um, Nathan just said, um, Ireland have played South Africa, Scotland, Tonga, and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Australia or Ireland? Ireland. Sorry, that's that's where the end of the road would be. Um, if Australia yeah. beat, yeah, it's Ireland are just looking too good. And as even though we would be at a stage where, you know, hopefully Australia would have strung together enough wins under Eddie, yeah, I don't think you're beating Ireland right now. Okay, Nathan. Agreed. Um, I think Ireland just be too good. And yes, like I'm kind of contradicting myself. And, you know, when you talk about that run as well, they would have gone through to get to the semis. But yeah, Ireland just got too much class. Um, maybe Johnny Sexton will swear at another ref um, and get banned. <laughs> maybe. Uh, hypotheticals. And the other semi-final will be Argentina and France. Now, if this game happens, this is the two best kits at the World Cup playing against each other, I just want to say. Will France wearing their red socks and white shorts? Um, but uh, who do we think? I think probably France in this situation. Yeah. Czech would have done amazingly well to get Argentina to the semi-final. Yeah, I reckon it's your heart. Your heart would have to say that that, that of the two sides right now, as great as Argentina have been looking, I see France winning that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think again, this feels like a semi-final clash as well. But I think I think France get there. Look at France Island final. Awesome. And then out of that, we've got to say Ireland, don't you? Oh, or are you saying France ooh. taking it to the World Cup, like 2002 ooh. Soccer World Cup? Well, let's let's bring our personal biases in here. Like, I mean, it's obviously the the worst case scenario. It's the doomsday scenario for us Southern Hemisphere folk that there are two Northern Hemisphere teams that make it, um, and that that regardless, Bill will go north. That would be sad. But also, uh, moving that aside, the the logic of of rugby. Uh, would dictate that these are the two strongest. These are easily the two strongest sides of the past couple of years. They deserve to be there. Really, it's who a case of who do you want it? Who do you personally want it to win more? I think, I think Ireland will win it. One because it would just be nice to, for them to, you know, I reckon it would be it would just be hilarious to see France lose another final. Just <laughs> clearly doing always doing enough, always playing well enough, and then just falling at the final hurdle again. Um, I think it would it just, I, I mean, and also because I think Ireland just also, again, again pardon the pun, have had the rubber of the green over the French the last little while. So I can see them doing that. You cruel, cruel man. Watch the French rugby that, fans crucify me for it. It's okay. Look, we're, we're talking hypotheticals here. We're talking hypotheticals. Absolutely. And I... And there would be something poetic about both these teams making it. You know, Ireland, who haven't got past the quarters, the French, who haven't really claimed that breakthrough title. But I think this is the year. I don't know if it's, if it's the French wine speaking or, you know, one too many croissants. Um, I think, yeah, I think this is a time where France finally, I think this has been five, six years of build up, and it's all going to come the crowning moment when they lift the trophy in front of their home crowd. So I'm going to go with the French. Damn, um, I go France too. Wow, what a great predictor there, guys. Um, really looking forward to it. Hopefully we're right um, in some places and wrong in others. Uh, I'm definitely going to put money behind some old money. In fact, I think I already have. 
Um, yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're thinking on our Twitter, what you're thinking on the comments, what you're thinking of our reviews, um, and on your the mailbag that's currently at uh, Nick Wasilios's house. Let us know. Um, cool. Thanks for joining, Nathan. Um, I hope you go out and grow some escargot today. I don't know if you had escargot, but get amongst it. It's pretty. It's pretty rad. That'll be tartare. I, I'm I'm yet to try the escargot or the frog's legs, but that'll be that'll be my mission for the next couple of days. Take some photos for us, Nathan. You, you mean instead of actually covering the rugby, your, your one mission will be to try escargot. Correct. Oh, that, that, yeah, that is the main mission. Yeah. Apart from that. Apart from that. Is the is the rugby Can't on? the photo oh. of Tolly Latu wearing tight pants. It's eating escargot. <laughs> is this because he put a restraining order on you? We, I thought we yeah, weren't going to yeah. talk about that, Nathan. We said we wouldn't talk about it in the podcast. Can you ask that? I'll, I'll raise it. I'll, I'll raise the question for you. Don't worry. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Cool. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, Nathan's got to go because he's important and he's in France, so we're going to go too. Yeah, we use the Telegraph's predictor. Don't read their newspaper. It's shit and poisonous, whatever. But thank you for joining, um, and we'll see you soonish. Catch up. Talk to you later. Probably after the next Wallabies game. That's probably when we'll talk. <laughs> oh, we might talk sooner. We might talk yeah. sooner. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there. We're not going to run to Martin, are we? <laughs> Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff? <laughs>